brand with purpose to me means branding with an intention, branding with heart, because anyone could start your own business and everyone could say, oh yeah, I'm a brand. But if there is no clear intention, then there is no brand. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Ivan Estrada is a top-ranked real estate entrepreneur and author. He is a top producer at the Beverly Hills office of Douglas Elliman and is a public speaker on marketing, personal development, real estate, and personal branding. Today, we talk about how his CPA designation helps with authority in his real estate business, how he builds his team, and how he's teaching young entrepreneurs to brand themselves in their careers. Now let's get right into it. It all comes down to mindset. So my background, I went to USC for accounting and finance, and I worked in a big public accounting firm in downtown. And so in my mind, entrepreneurship was not even a consideration of mine. My parents are immigrants from Mexico and how you make it in this country is you work up the totem pole and that's how it all works. So when I got into real estate, I thought of it as a job. You work for a company, you bring in sales, you do some marketing and branding, maybe some chocolate chip cookies at an open house. And as long as you're consistent, you'll kill it, right? Which is not the case, by the way. And actually, eight years ago, my coach, Aaron Keith, who's an EO member out in San Diego, said, Ivan, you're not just a real estate agent. You own your own company. You're an entrepreneur. And I had never seen it that way because I thought, well, I kind of work under this brokerage. And this was before this was at Coldwell Banker. I had a different arrangement with the company where I guess if you really kind of put pen on paper, it's, yeah, I worked for this company. I have a different arrangement now. But at that time, I didn't really consider myself an entrepreneur. And so I started realizing, okay, I'm out there prospecting for clients. I'm doing marketing and branding for myself. I'm not a brick and mortar But at the same time, I'm still dealing with the same struggles that every entrepreneur is dealing with, right? How do I get the next client? How do I make sure that that next year is more successful than this year? How do I keep growing, not just as a business, but as an individual? Because in the real estate business, it's constantly changing. Technology is changing. Trends are changing. People are changing. And so I have to continually educate myself and change my business model to fit that. And so a lot of real estate agents who are mega agents who you probably see on TV or agents just that are making a really good living 
are agents who run their business like a business and see themselves as entrepreneurs. And I think at the end of the day, as entrepreneurs, as you are, as a lot of your listeners are, it's all about the grind, right? We're never satisfied. We want to keep growing. We want to run faster, better, right? We want to keep oiling up that car, right? I always see myself as a car. I'm like, you got to keep oiling it up, right? You got to keep putting gas in it. You got to keep maintaining that car so it doesn't break down so that I can keep going faster and faster, which is also, I think, probably one of my biggest downfalls. I always want to keep going faster, right? Yeah, you could crash and burn, but let's not go there yet. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So are all real estate agents entrepreneurs in that they own their own business within the confines of the industry? Or are you saying it's more of a mindset within the real estate agent themselves? Well, it depends. There are certain real estate models where you get a salary and maybe mm. a little cut from the commission and you're an employee. At that point, you don't have to go out and prospect. You don't have to worry about marketing and branding. You're getting a paycheck every two weeks. You have health care, you have other benefits, but real estate agents who work for a company who are pretty much given a desk and at that point, it's like, best of luck to you right? Bring in clients, do your marketing and branding. We have tools here for you to help you in your journey. But at the end of the day, the only person who can make you successful is you because Mm -hmm. real estate companies, unless you've been in the business for a very long time, you're not getting any type of leads. You're not getting any type of business. You're going out and finding the business just like any entrepreneur, right? It's sales, it's persuasion, it's marketing, it's branding. It's interesting, you know, I was talking to you before the show and I thought, well, I need clarification, but if I need clarification, I think a lot of people do. I don't think because real estate agents don't refer to themselves as entrepreneurs very often Mm -hmm. that we don't know the general public doesn't know that there are layers. You can be an employee real estate agent. You can be an entrepreneur, owner, operator, real Mm -hmm. estate agent. So thank you for busting open the myth. So let's go back to CPA land. What inspired the transition from being a CPA to real estate? Oh, good question. So as a child, I was in the music world. I love to sing and perform. And my dad gave up a lot of his life to make sure that I got to my auditions, when I got signed to a record contract that I was there at the recording studio every morning, at my dance classes at Millennium Complex, at my performances, either here in California or in Florida or Nevada or wherever I was. And my father's dream, he always wanted to be an accountant. When he came here from Mexico, his job was as a painter. He painted houses. Right now, he's actually a janitor, and he's been a janitor for 16 years. No, 16 years, 25 years at the same school in Glendale here in California. But he always wanted to go to school. He loved education. But unfortunately, he met my mother, had two children. He had to take care of the family. He didn't have time to go back to school. He didn't have time to seek higher education. And my dad used to tell me all the time, he's like, my biggest dream was to become a CPA to be an accountant. And numbers just run very easily to me. It's always been something that just is very natural to me and my father and my mother and my sister. And so when my music career ended up kind of, I guess say, I'll put it very harmoniously, it crashed and burned. My gift to my father was to be an accountant. I went to school at USC. I ended up, I was at Marshall School of Business and Finance 
And I added the accounting component to it because I thought he gave up a lot for me. And I do like accounting. I didn't love it, but I did like it. And I was really good at it. And I thought, let's go for it. Let me do this. And I did it to make him proud. But there's a big lesson here. I learned a lot in those three and a half years that I was in accounting. But towards the end, I was miserable because I was living for someone else's dream. And as much as I- stop you right there. What a beautiful honor to your dad that you made. And those three, three and a half years, at least you didn't spend your entire life doing something you didn't love. Right. But God, that's a beautiful legacy and maybe a good lesson. It's not like you were suffering being a CPA, but you got in, did your thing, and then learned a bunch of stuff, honored your father. But the key that you caught out. So what was that transition? Were you always like dreaming of being the real estate agent to the stars like you are now? So I never thought myself as an entrepreneur until I went back and actually it's in my book, which we could talk about later. As a kid, I always loved selling. I always had little businesses. I would sell Power Ranger cards, Pogs. I always had yard sales. I actually sold women's purses for a while in college, like polos. I was always selling. And that's what made me happy because at heart, that's what runs through my veins. My mom's an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. Many of my uncles were entrepreneurs. And when I used to sit in my cubicle at the accounting firm, I used to think, is this it? Is this life? Like sometimes you have to sacrifice, right? To get from point A to point B. It's not going to be fabulous all the time. And I understood that. But at the same time, I just thought, I always dreamt of a much bigger life. And since I was a kid, five, six, seven years old, I was always building, building castles, building things out of Legos. I would walk around wearing a king hat from Burger King. And I would tell my mom, one day I'm going to be a king. And she's like, you can't be a king. And I said, fine, I'll be a president. And like now I'm like the president of my two companies, right? But when I was sitting in that cubicle and depressed, because I was, I think, depressed, I was never diagnosed, but I know what that felt like. And waking up every single morning and saying, crap, this is my life, wasn't the greatest. And a friend of mine actually said, I was watching Million Dollar Listing and I thought of you. I thought that's weird. Okay, why? He's like, well, I think you'd be good for something like that. You could be a good real estate agent. And I thought, are you kidding me? I got into USC, have a CPA license. I could have done that out of high school. I guess my perception at the time was, that's not a real job. That's what my mom's friends who were part of the PTA and who did open houses, balloons and cookies and sold two, three houses a year. That was my perception of what real estate was. Like it wasn't seen for me as a career until I actually started doing a lot of research. I'm a big bookworm. I love books, like books, books, books have always been my biggest mentors, my biggest inspirations. And I read about 35 books on real estate, on negotiations, on building a business, on the perfect website, on building a community, building a farm. And not a farm is like vegetables, but like a farm is a geographic location where you market and brand yourself. And I thought, oh my God, I think this is my next step. I can actually make a business here. And one thing I didn't notice was no one's doing videos on this. And this is like right at the beginning of YouTube. And I thought, I'm good in front of a camera. It comes easy to me. I can figure out how I can use this superpower of mine that I learned how to do in my teens from my managers and my agents and try to integrate that into real estate. 
And I'm also a CPA and I went to USC. There's a great network there. I grew up here. Having that CPA license will help me get those clients to trust me, especially at the beginning of the career, because it's going to show that people can trust me, right? It's like, okay, this guy's a CPA. He's only been in the business for about a year, but let's give him a shot. And it did. It opened a lot of doors for me. Let me um, ask you this about the CPA real estate agent tie-in. So I just bought a property and I didn't know what entity to put it under. My S-Corp, my LLC, do I start a new one? Stole proprietor, so many questions. But my CPA ran all the numbers mm-hmm. and advised me on the best way regarding tax implications to set up the business to hold the real estate. Now, you probably can't give that kind of official advice, but do you use that kind of arsenal to help clients make decisions? A hundred percent. I do. It's still in my email signature because Mm -hmm. for me, that CPA was a lot of hard work. And also I continue to keep it up to date. Oh, that's great. Which is- You can use it. Oh yeah. I could use it. Correct. But- just to kind of keep things separate because I just don't ever want to give client, like when I'm someone's real estate broker, I want to just purely give them advice to real estate. But I always say, look, obviously go to your own CPA, but this is my take on things based on what you've told me from what I know. And there's always a lot more, right? So I can never give advice on someone's financial situation because I would have to look at everything, right? As a CPA, I had to look at everything. And when you're in real estate and you're helping someone buy a house, there's only a certain amount of documents that I see. The lender's the one that sees the entire kind of footprint of what someone's financial situation is. But I always tell a client, look, let me run the numbers. These are certain scenarios based on my knowledge as an accountant. This is what I would recommend if I were your accountant. But being that I'm not, I would go out to your own CPA and just corroborate what I just told you. You have to protect yourself as well. Exactly. But that's an added bonus because I work with all types of clients, like first time home buyers. I do the big celebrity stuff as well. I work with a lot of investors. And so when I'm working with an investor who's buying an investment property, an apartment building, being very savvy with numbers and understanding them and being able to really sit down with someone and explain what they mean if someone doesn't, if they're a first-time investor. I mean, that for me was like my secret weapon. It's brilliant. So we're going to talk about your team right now. With a lot of my guests, they have a staff of people helping them in various places. What is your team comprised of? So my team is comprised of, so I'm the, I guess the CEO and president on top. I have a marketing and branding coordinator who runs all of our marketing and branding, including social media. I have an assistant. So my assistant does a lot of the day in, day out operations of the business itself. I also have a transaction coordinator. And what she does is she facilitates paperwork between both parties whenever all those DocuSign just all those disclosures and exactly (laughs) from the transaction coordinator. And those are the full-time staff. And then on the other side is my agent. So at the moment I have four agents under me. I could probably have a lot more. But (laughs) my model, for me, it's very important to run my business like a family. And obviously, on top of real estate, I also have another company called Brand With. And so, yeah, I could have 30, 40, 50 agents. But then that means being the leader, you also have to be the manager. You have to be the person who keeps inspiring, the person who keeps pushing the agents to get from one next, from point A to point B. And so that's how we have 
four agents total, love them. They're my family. And then my three full-time staff. And then from time to time, I'll get outside professionals in case if we have big projects or if we're looking for like digital marketing assistance Mm -hmm. or events. I love having events. So event coordinators that come into play two or three Mm -hmm. times a year, but that's the model that I have. That's really been working for me for a while. Have you ever thought that you should write a book? that you should write the story of your life to help other people learn from your experience, please go to memoirsherpa.com and learn how I can help you write, figure out your publishing path, and market your story, your memoir, to a bestseller status. Okay, we're moving into branding, Mm. which is pretty juicy, especially with your new book out. Let's talk about personal branding why you wrote the book, who it's for, and what you're doing. This is a completely relevant but separate business to real estate. So bring it on. Tell me everything. I'll tell you everything. So about three and a half, four years ago, I was sitting to myself and I felt a little bit uncertain about my future and what I wanted exactly. And I've always been very certain about my life and five, 10 year, 15, 20 year plan. I've always been that person since I was a kid. I always knew where I wanted to go to college, who I wanted to marry, where I wanted to live. And in real estate, I was doing fantastic, all the awards, all the, I do a lot of public speaking and doing all those things, but I just felt that I needed to do more. I'm very spiritual and I'm an avid meditator. And in my thoughts, it always said in my tombstone, it's going to say I was the best real estate agent in the neighborhood. Like, no. That's not what I want my life to be like. I need to leave a legacy. I want to do more. And I've always had this intrinsic feeling of always wanting to help other people. I've done it with my family. I've done it with my friends. I'm the guy who sits down with you and I'm not a therapist, but I feel like I could be. I'm good at giving unbiased opinions or advice. And my nephew was born. He's almost three. I said, I want him to grow up in a world where he can be himself and anything that he wants to be is possible for him. Because when I was a kid, that wasn't really the case. And my business coach, Aaron, had always said, you should write a branding and marketing book because you have been a brand. You were in the music industry. You built one in real estate. Whenever I'm taking on a listing, it's a branding and marketing opportunity every single time, depending on the property. And I thought, but what would I write about? I don't know. I'm not a good writer. All these like mental blocks and belief systems that I'm like, I'm good at math, but I'm not a good writer. But I started just getting inspired by just a lot of younger teens in their 20s after college who were sending me messages on Instagram and Facebook saying, I love what you're doing, would love to learn more, would love to see how you got to where you got. And I said, you know what? I can do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I have no idea. I've never written a book, but thank God for Google and YouTube, right? The great resources. And I said, okay, let's start putting together an outline. And I started putting together an outline that took like a long time, five, six months, because I was doing it in little pieces. And also I was afraid. I could have probably done it in two days, but I was afraid. I was afraid that it was going to be bad. I was afraid that it wasn't going to be worth it. I was afraid that I was going to do it wrong. Did you have a book coach? Um, I didn't, I did not have helped, right? It would have helped. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. It would have helped. It's okay. We all have our own path though. Exactly. And so once I got the outline done, I started writing the intro and then the first couple of chapters 
sent him to my business coach and he said, wow, this is pretty good because we were just going to self-publish, do our own thing. And he said, let me send this out to a couple of people. And then all of a sudden, then Macmillan picked it up, page two publishing, and they said, great, we're going to help you. We're going to give you a creative director. We're going to give you a coach. And we're able to write the book. And every single morning, I worked on this book for six months for two to three hours in the morning and then two to three hours at night. And then there's other interviews because I just didn't want it to be my perspective. I wanted to be 50% women, 50% men and everything in between. I wanted people from China, from Chile, from Dubai, from Mexico. I wanted people of all colors and sizes to be in this book from big companies to like big names like Belinda Carlisle, who's in the book, the princess of Sierra Leone, who I interviewed, who's in the book, to small businesses that are unknown businesses with great stories stories that haven't been told. And so for me, once I was writing the book and I was in it, I realized I was going to my past and realizing that a lot of my success, my branding and marketing all came back from when I was a kid. It was things that already naturally came to me that made me who I am today. A lot of the lessons that I got from my mom from Mm. her own small business, from my dad, even though he didn't own his own business, from my attention to detail, customer service I got from my father. And what does does brand with purpose mean to you? Brand with purpose to me means branding with an intention, branding with heart, because anyone could start your own business and everyone could say, oh yeah, I'm a brand. But if there is no clear intention, then there is no brand, right? Because at the end of the day, it's a brand's job or a personal brand is connection. How can I connect with another human being? And without an intention of why you want to do what you want to do, then you can't really build that connection. And also for me, I mean, that word purpose means a lot. It constantly changes. But another word that comes to mind to me a lot is authenticity. Writing this book allowed me to be more of myself and be proud of myself. And going back to a lot of those moments that I felt, man, I wish my life would have been different. I wish I would have done this instead of that made me realize that all those moments happen for a reason for me to learn a lesson because those lessons have helped me in my life now because there's no way that I would be able to deal with a lot of the day in and day out either business situations or personal without the lessons that I had to learn four or five, 10 years ago. And what beside helping people realize their authentic self and branding themselves. What were your goals for the book? Do you have number of books sold, number of books read, number of clients to get out of it, a course or a program? We don't know each other that well, but I just know that there's energy behind that book that is beyond just impacting some people. So my biggest intention for the book is I was writing it to my younger self. Because this wasn't a clear intention for the beginning, but once I started realizing that a lot of the readers for the book were a lot of young adults, people in their 20s, people who in high school, a lot of high school students who have been trying to figure out, what do I do with my life? Like, I don't want to do the cookie cutter kind of path to success because that's someone else's path. I want to figure out my own. And so a lot of teenagers, 20 somethings are buying the book and it's, Amazing because there's not a week that goes by that I don't get two or three messages from someone who will post a photo and say, thank you for writing this book. 
And that alone is, I can't even explain how that feels because I know how it feels. I know exactly how it feels for a reason. It's like, it's self-healing and it makes me feel like, wow, something that I said or that they're going to do is going to help them get to where they want to go. And I don't even know this person. So who was the target demographic that you wrote the book for and are marketing to? Yeah. The target demographic would be young entrepreneurs in their twenties. So that's primarily young entrepreneurs in their twenties, younger thirties who are trying to either be entrepreneurs and don't know how, or someone who's looking to make a pivot. Cause I've also had like single moms who have always wanted to be entrepreneurs. And because of COVID, they've had time to think about what they really want to do. There's a mom, she's out, lives in Portland, Oregon, and she sent me a picture and she said that she's starting her own jewelry business. And she heard me in a podcast and she took a picture of my book and she said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. And so that was very heartfelt and very touching. So even though the demographic is like 20 something, 30 younger, something younger adults trying to strive for entrepreneurship, but there's always those people that are looking to make a pivot. That's wonderful. So we're going to move back to just business in general. And you're a successful entrepreneur, clearly, but we all have challenges and we don't necessarily reflect that back to the world, right? We kind of want to stuff the challenges and the trials and tribulations down and just show our best selves. What is the number one challenge you're facing right now in your business today? My number one challenge in my business right now is I'm always looking to expand, but it's hard finding people who really see the long run and the long term of success. Because I think with instant gratification right now, we're all kind of very spoiled and we want it now. We want to be successful now and we want to get a big paycheck now that if we have to do certain things that are probably not something we want to do, right? We want to do fun things and we want to live our best life, but sometimes there's sacrifices that need to be taken and certain steps that I've had to do in order to be successful. And unfortunately, as I'm trying to build out my real estate team and also brand with, it's been hard for me to find that for people who are in it for the long run and who don't just want that instant gratification right away. And it's hard, even though I try to explain my story and my path where there's a Instagram shows the perfect life and everyone's life is fabulous and everyone's on a private jet and an amazing beach and making tons of money and wearing red bottom shoes. But this reminds me of some posts I've seen of you recently. You went on this fabulous trip and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you guys something. I have some really cool friends who a lot of the trips that I go to are I never had to pay for. I have friends who are like, hey, let me take you on vacation. And all of that has been because these are friends that I said, oh, you're in what business? Oh, I know so-and-so. Let me connect you. I'm a great connector. I'm sure you're a great connector as well. Yeah, but no one's taking me on a private jet to a fabulous beachside. Well, also that's not, anyway, whatever. Note to self or note to listeners if you want to. (laughs) Yeah, that's so wonderful. So it's like, compensation for your generosity in a different form than exchanging money, but it's broader than that, right? It's just you giving and you receiving and you're a lot of fun. So of course, anyone would want to take you on a great outing. So what is it that you're doubling down on this year, the rest of the year? We're in 
this is July, mid-July, we're halfway through the year, to scale and grow your business? Is there a strategy that you're really focusing on and leaning on? Right. So for me right now, real estate is doing very well and that's been on cruise control, even though the market is changing and I have great, amazing coaches helping me with that. Right now, my biggest attention has been going towards brand with video, which is my video course that took six months to write, a year to produce, and then the technology behind it because it's an interactive course that you also get graded on all your video production as you're going through the course. That to me is one of my biggest, where I really want to double down on making sure that it's out there to as many entrepreneurs and real estate agents because it's for anyone who's looking to expand their horizons by video production for themselves, for their products, for their services. It's incredibly important. And so how I'm going to make that happen is networking has always been a huge part of my success. And I never did it intentionally. There are certain people that you just connect with, and I'm great with keeping in touch with people. I'm great with, like I said, connecting people. And as I've been moving up my career, I've realized, wow, I have a really extensive network of incredible people who I can reach out for help. Because I think in this market for all entrepreneurs, right? Are we going to a recession? Are we not? Stagflation? Are we not? Interest rates going up or are they staying put? Reaching out to your network right now is incredibly important and strategizing with them because that's what's gotten me from point A to point B in a great economic market. And if we do see a downturn that will affect every entrepreneur, it's all about who can I call for help, right? Who's in my corner? Who's on my team? All of my really good friends and including a lot of people in EO, that which I've just joined and I've gotten really close with, I'm like, you guys are my informal board of directors. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to me because there may be something or someone that I can introduce you to that will help you in your business and vice versa. So I think for every entrepreneur is really go into your database and see who are the people that, If the market turns, if things shift, who are the people who I can reach out to and how can we help each other? Because at the end of the day, it's all about helping one another. And to me, I think that's the biggest thing that I want to double down is my network. For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.